What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of that Respect the Combat podcast, which boys don't as in Trico. And oh, baby, did we miss you guys. And of course, we've got WrestleMania week in an overview. But not only that, we've got a lot of stuff from the NCAA. We've got a preview of UFC 273, which will kind of impact UFC 274 and the future of that. So we do touch on that on this. However, I do have to state due to a couple of topics we Trico and myself cover that if you or someone you know is some suffering from domestic violence, please take caution into listening to this episode. As there were a couple situations that Trico and I had to break down that yeah, they get crazy and you never know what happens. And a lot of it is he say she say and some of it is factual but stay tuned and we'll see you on three what's up y'all welcome back to another episode episode number 66 of that respect the combat podcast and we are back after a mini hiatus due to wrestlemania and a few other things which we'll break down today and for those that don't know or may have been living under a rock my name is mr dioki donez and with me as always is my co-host with the most mr trico fullerton what's up brother we're coming from wrestlemania now week but um now that is over we are getting close to uh the new baseball season and also the nba playoffs coming up should we just touch on the fact that we are in opening week it's gonna be a jumbled mess it's gonna be a jumbled mess of what we're talking about today y'all because we have so many different things that we gotta recap to where i didn't write down an agenda today which is crazy but of course we both took our own notes and we're going to be touching on a few mainstream that may be in and out and then we'll break down everything from the last couple of weeks but we got to touch on some stuff that ain't for everybody but what is for everybody if you're into that well opening open day this week man for a lot of people and home openers are starting this week and next week how you feeling yeah after a, a long week of the lockout the controversy but now the baseball season can finally get started long week guys, long month oh yeah so as you guys already know that i'm a marlins a guy and you know um our home opening um a game is uh next week um april 14th can't wait for that and uh and the upcoming baseball season kind of crazy and unexpected to be this long but i'm grateful and ready for it to be back braves are started by the time this airs braves has started their home opening stand so looking forward to it and uh let's break down uf now let's forget about that for now because first of our mini recaps from the last from the last couple of weeks we gotta touch on the national champions for both the men and the women and shout out to south carolina for women's ncaa and kansas which shocked me when i heard this because i think everybody was hoping and praying for duke because of coach k and then when what had happened with let's just with what with what had happened in the semifinals against unc people were kind of like wouldn't it be poetic that coach k's rival through so many decades won the national title that would be kind of a kick but shout out to the jayhawks yep and legit 
the I forget the player's name, but one but one of them on the South Carolina side legit just shouted out Candace Parker and just thanked her for being an inspiration, like in the middle of the post game coverage. I was like, wow. And that's just women supporting women and honoring them, which I completely agree with and just love. So let's hop in back to this uh, preview before we hit on the rest of these recaps and touch on UFC 273, which will kind of bleed into UFC 274. And I will get to that in a second. And the fate of a lot of UFC divisions right now, because it's headlined by Alexander Wolodowski and the Korean Super Zombie going at it for the featherweight title. And then you've got the run back I think everybody's been waiting on for the Bantamweight title with Sterling and Patreon and both of those are going to be insane hopefully Sterling like he's become the villain after that but hopefully there's not a DQ that ends that fight this time and then Hazmat versus Gilbert Burns do I see Hazmat somehow beating Burns who's a former title challenger I think that could put him in title contention with a win but it's 50-50 especially considering Burns once back at Usman but we all saw last month it was essentially a main event of who Usman's beat between Colby and Jorge which we touched on that enough so could Burns just be another victim of the 2L club to Usman and we're just in that era and then Hazmat sky's the limit and then also same main card which kind of sets up a big logjam and probably the most competitive competitive and active division right now and that would be Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Yeah, that's a 5-7 matchup with the title fight coming up next month of Rose and Carla, which we'll definitely get to right around Cinco de Mayo. But here's the thing when it comes to Rose and Carla. I mean, Mackenzie and Tisha, my bad, because I'm always focused on these two. With them two being six and five and seven, you've got Carla, who, unless you are looking at the trilogy fight between Carla and Rose, Carla, it's a weird one because Rose lost the original fight. Rose lost the original fight that crowned Carla as the first champ and then it's whatever. You got Weili Zhang who's already lost to Rose twice and then you got Marina Rodriguez beat Zion Yan and Mackenzie but she's lost to Carla with Carla and Tisha so that alone is an interesting dynamic depending on what happens in both fights going into number three. Zio has lost to both Marina and Carla. If Carla wins why book that match after the Rose, like Rose's redemption arc for the second title? And then Amanda's wife, Nina, has legit lost to McKenzie. And then, so yeah, it makes no sense. Like, if McKenzie went, Dern wins, I say she gets whoever comes out of the dust with Rose and Carla. But depending on what happens, do you book the trilogy fight? Because Rose versus Carla, Rose wins. Rose wins, it's 1 1. It's 1 1. But Rose is still champion. Carla wins. It's 2-0 in the series. However, Rose is the former champion at that point. So do you book the trilogy fight or do you go pending on what happens this weekend with Mackenzie Dern later this year? So um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna make my predictions for, for Saturday in case you guys didn't know 273 is this Saturday. So um, um just like who who do you think gets it? You finish the trilogy or do you just jump if she wins? 
Jenkins in convincing fashion over Tisha, does Mackenzie Dern get the winner of next month's title fight? I think uh, that most most likely will get a title shot. Dern um, or we get the trilogy? Um, Maybe a trilogy. We'll see. Maybe a trilogy. All right. I do yeah. think the trilogy fight it, for that is up in the air. But the one I do think needs a trilogy pending is going to be Sterling and Jan, regardless, because of how that first fight ended up. So yeah. I don't think, because you remember the fight last year, right? Where yeah. Sterling won the title off of essentially like a lot of people think he flopped to get Jan DQ'd, but it's all over the place. As far as the title fights, we, uh, We'll see one and stale and one and new. You got the zombie winning or losing, and then you've got Jan winning or losing. I got uh, Sterling retaining and stale, and then Soon Young and new. Okay. With the fact that we've got pretty much an amped up Max Holloway, who says he's healthy, waiting in the wings. So I'm kind of intrigued on who comes out of that division. Like I said, the clearest division in the UFC right now is strawweight. Because you don't just have some random, either the champs hurt, kind of lap, the champs hurt, a top contender hurt, that is a big draw for the division, or you got the champ ran through everybody. Obviously, and I say that because the next middleweight title fight is kind of the last one is he could do before he's beating everybody in like the top six on multiple occasions because he's got Canadian next and Usman's and Usman's kind of the same way after the Edwards fight so I am pulling for Hasmat to get up in those rankings because I think it's going to be one of the few fights Dana could book for welterweight that we haven't seen anyone in a while Oliver and Gaethje as well as Dustin you got freaking Connor floating around and just because of all the Kobe Covington mess you got him floating around with Dustin and he could easily drop down to 155 to fight Dustin and then as I said you got to get through Saturday to open up the division for Bantamway Davidson and Brandon that's got to go into a four fight in that series and then you can start thinking about the rest of the division and then Francis is basically out till 2023. France is out freaking Teixeira. I think you could book something, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, Valentina, Amanda, and Juliana, I don't think I need to say. Amanda lapped all the bantamweight division until she got the Juliana, and there's no real contenders in featherweight. No real contenders in featherweight. And same with Valentina. She's lapped the flyweight division. It's literally just what Rose can do after the Carla, like, possible trilogy. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much a logjam. But let's hop into the rest of these recaps as kind of humanly possible. And starting off in Japan with ZSJ winning the new his second New Japan Cup to go on to Hyper Battle, which, one second, which he did go against Okada just for that. Yeah, it's weird because it was WrestleMania weekend. Hold up. When, when was that? When was that? Um, yeah, it was... The it's actually coming up. My bad. It, oh. The title match hasn't happened. Yet. My fault. Because I got my days mixed up. 
because it's happening Saturday. My bad. Because I knew he won it. I just forgot when the title match was because the main story in Japan right now is whose side are you on? Team Jay White or Team G.O.D.? Jay White. After everything and the stunt they pulled, it was so weird. Because I knew the Hyper Battle card was coming up, so I guess we can uh, review the final night, which looks like a preview of the final night, which is a massive card. And I do apologize for that because it is a... Three, four, five, six settles on the line, one night, as well as two multis, which the multi-mans kind of don't mean nothing. But the title fights are the junior heavyweight tag titles, Taguchi and Masaruato versus Ishimori and El Fantasma for the junior titles, which that's going to be insane. And of course, this new dynamic dynamic within Mullet Club could be very intriguing if Tama and Tongaloa like find their way out of it because Ishimori was one of the ones that Tama recruited into Bullet Club. Toriano versus Taichi for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling title, which that's just going to be a comedy match of whatever happens. We'll get to what happened with the first with the first 2022 KLPW trophy winner in a minute. And then you've got Hiromu versus Evil for the Never title, which Hiromu just needs to stop dealing with House of Torture. I know he wants to fight Evil, but after the Sunny pulled to join Bullet Club, but just stop. And you've got Goto and Yoshiashi defending against Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. Interesting match if Yoshiashi and Goto weaken Jeff Cobb's knee that he recently was out for for a while. And then you've got Sho versus Desperado. I'm not looking forward to that match because it's House of Torture trash. And then finally, ZSJ cashing in his flipping, what did I just say? Oh, I'm dumb. His New Japan Cup win on Okada, which that should be Okada, which I don't, we'll touch on the New Japan portion of my brain right now. Even though it's going to kind of hop into one discussion we're going to have when we get to the Mania highlights. Who in a, who do you think should beat Okada at one? one of at either dominion or at the dome and mm. to be honest if they don't build somebody to beat okada either at dominion or the dome instead of a random title change mm-hmm. new japan may be in the dark ages because it's just here's okada top tier everybody else mm, i don't know but we'll see yeah i'm just hoping for a good match and hopefully somebody that can actually do what they can now that all my brain and i can actually get my tabs back on my computer Let's touch on the other half of the Japanese market as the World Climb Stardom World Climax tournament started. And with that show, because of a recent draw, turned out that Shuri had to fight Julia Knight one and then fight fight Mayui Watani night two to defend her title, which she did. And Kyrie, the former Kyrie Sane, had her first singles match against Starlight Kid since, get this, July 20th, 2020. It's almost two two years without a single match. Lol WWE, everybody. And it was an absolute near classic. So I wouldn't for everybody to watch it. Just know, however, Kyrie did suffer suffer a ruptured eardrum in the match that she obviously won. Now I think I wanna I'm gonna bracket off stand in the liver and multiverse for reasons in a minute. But GCW, you had Sean. Waltman tore his bicep and surgeries for surgeries 
forthcoming. The Briscoes won the titles back as, obviously, they lost the ROH tag titles to FCR at Supercard, which also kind of saw a entirely Tony Khan-influenced rebranding, which I don't know how people feel about it. Chavo, wow. Chavo basically used all the bitterness that he had and kayfabed it to hate with Tony Khan and almost wrecked the main event despite the plea from Bandito not to interfere and he still tried to and it cost Bandito the ROH, undisputed ROH world title. Go ahead. Well, I have my uh, thoughts on ROH and um, and the Supercard of Honor. So, um, hold up. We'll run through the rest of the highlights before you give your final thoughts, okay? Yeah. I thought you were just going to talk on the matches that I just covered, but all right. Yeah, that that was one of them too. I didn't think you were gonna touch on the full thing. Not as whatever. So Brian Cage like officially reemerged and on TV as Tully Blanchard's rebound chick from uh, FTR. And yes, I went there. The undisputed ROH Women's World Title match, and this is solely because the multiverse and Supercard were recorded at the same time. And Impact wanted to set up a match that may overshadow their. Uh, Impact Knockouts title match at Impact Knockouts title match at Rebellion. No, it will. But it's another gauntlet for Deanna as her her undisputed her ROH Women's title, which will mean the undisputed ROH Women's Championship, will be her and Mercedes Martinez. We'll get to after the break who the AAA Mega AAA Reina Del Reina's title is going to be defended against. As I said, FTR won the ROH World Tag Titles. Minoru Suzuki on a 48 hour notice nonetheless won his first title in the U.S. being the ROH Television Championship. And then Wheeler Yuta won the pure title and then and then of course to end the night, Jay Lethal submitted his heel turn to jump Gresham and throw his name in the hat but now he has to run into the newly All Elite Samoa Joe. And as reference, Wheeler Yuta, Samoa Joe, and also Tony Storm are all All Elite. Go ahead with your thoughts. So I think uh, this was uh, the best show um, uh, during uh, uh, during Mania Week, especially the, uh, the tag team title match with FTR and the Briscoes. And I guarantee uh, this will be in our top, top 10 um, fights. Yeah, but by the end of the year, I guarantee guarantee that. So um, it'll be low just because of the bucks. Yeah, and um, the which will get that I'll get to that in a second as well because uh, that happened last night or dynamite and um Mercedes Martinez now that she is the interim ROH Women's Champion uh is it, are they going the same direction with the uh the TNT title situation between they Sammy can't because they can't because they don't have neither Mercedes or Diana are high flyers and besides you have to Tony Khan has to maneuver around two companies and then because of Diana he's also got to work with Scott Demore so he has some maneuver around impact schedule and impact had a show that night which we'll get to where they set up another title match which as I will say will guarantee I guarantee you I guarantee you just off history alone will overshadow the knockout title match at rebellion not the main event thank god but it will definitely overshadow the knockouts world title match yeah but we'll see uh, how that how that goes because um I think you mentioned that we might 
get an undisputed title match at, at Rebellion, right? No, no, because Deanna's already got a match at Rebellion. Okay, so that's that. That might uh, we'll just have to wait. We'll for get the, to what Deanna's got at Rebellion in a minute after the break, after like this middle portion, because there's a reason why I had to break it off the way I am breaking it off. But we'll get to what Deanna's got at Rebellion in a second, and just off history and backstory alone, it overshadows the knockout title match. Mm. Well, we'll see how it is, but um, and Will Utah, he's living his best life right now because he recently had a, a real good match with, with Brian Danielson, and now he's the ROH uh, first champion. So yeah, got that your title and just lot. He's loving life right now. But do I yeah. think you do? I think Tony needed needed to be blunt about the rebranding of ROH to put it on talent that's been on AEW TV <laughs> almost every title outside of the. Um, world championship because he had no choice because the title match was already established based off a uh, final battle which i know kind of irritated him but it was uh almost every title that was on the line went to aw talent so yeah yeah, yeah. and um and um yeah, what else and uh, so um this was a good show and um here's what i'm thinking uh, so uh hear me out on this one so if tony if tk wanted to make roh like a a de- de- developmental for aw i can see roh uh, with the rebranding of it as the old nst till 1.0 so let, uh, let's say don't this, remind let's, me of that we're gonna get to that but, after the break well, well hold on let me see let me just say this but um if roh are going to do a another pay-per-view maybe they can do like a pay-per-view like the day before like double or nothing or all out or 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 full gear so if they, if they wanted to go that route but i think this is a, that would be a, a a perfect idea now that uh always is under control with dk i am very curious to see because roh like ran <laughs> a pay-per-view every month to every two months so i'm very curious to see what they do because roh should have a separate lot roster and not just not just feel like how Monday Night Raw and 2.0 are right now just bleed over and 2.0 doesn't matter and what I mean by that we'll see on five that's the cool sound of a Sierra Mist opening up I know you heard that yeah it's hot outside I know it's hot outside y'all get you a Sierra Mist out there on the basketball court trying to get back into the game Pop up with a CR missing, I swear, you'll be right back into the game. You watching your kids do football and basketball tryouts, and you're sitting there dry, and you're thirsty, get you a Sierra Mist, the best soda out there. Also, head to McDonald's. They got the best Sierra Mist out there. Real cool and crisp, and they're really good. I swear, the citrus, the lemon, the lime, you will not be disappointed. Go grab your Sierra Mist. It's hot out here, y'all. It's too hot. You don't want to fall out on the ground. Grab your Sierra Mist, and I swear you will be okay. And just like that, we're back. And yeah, as I brought up with uh, two, as I brought up with 2.0, oh boy, there is a lot just to break down. And it is unfortunate that we got to break it down like this. So shall we just start with the unfortunates that happened with Stand and, stand and Deliver? Yeah, say what you got to say, because I got a lot of what I got to say. Other than the fact that 
stand in the liver basically did not matter in the grand scheme of things because Dakota and Raquel, who had been basically in a the women's version of Tommaso and Johnny for about a better part of two years, randomly teamed up and won the belts at stand in the liver on the pre-show, mind you. And then this week's 2.0, somehow you get Mandy back in the fold and since she's available and only and toxic wins them back which made that utterly pointless and, and then, that made them a two-time transitional champions do you remember the first time oh let's not go there let's yeah not you go know there. what i mean right you know what i mean at least they got to take the belts home but with that being said dakota's lost two of her last three title matches the dusty final and that why is she number one contender for a world champion that only defends her title in gimmick or multi-women matches this is like her only second title defense only her second title defense that is one-on-one coming up next week Dakota and, and Raquel should go to the main roster there's nothing else uh, to do I've heard people like say oh yeah Dakota I mean Nikita Lyons should be the one to beat Mandy and I'm like okay at least it's better than the report that PWI like put out and this is not a knock against PW Insider but their list of call-ups getting ready to come up is not good break up Imperium and call up Walter and Marcel, Carmelo Wittrick, Nikita Lyons, Lash Legend, and LA Knight. Lash Legend does not have the mic skills and is does not have the mic skills and she's green in the ring. LA Knight with the pitch I heard? No. This is the Adam Cole scenario all over again. Why are you breaking up Imperium for the main roster when they were a solid three-man trio? Stupid. And Carmelo doesn't need Trick Williams, but I guess it's whatever. And you gotta add yourself, Bruce, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Making random rematches for title changes on Raw. And I heard you got MJF on speed dial. You got MJF on speed dial. Bruh. For him, for them to basically put the NXT title, do the rematch from Stand in the Liver on Raw, and that's when you do the title change. On the Raw after Mania, which was a dud. Oh, that was a dud. And then Braun Breaker just, because let me look at his cage match, because I'm very interested to see his record right now, because I'm like, why not? And somebody explained to me, he's essentially in Kane and Paul Bear's storyline, Kane Edge and Bear's storyline from like, 15 years ago right now with uh, Joe Gacy of all people and let me tell you he's lost two of his because of what happened before he won the title he lost two of his last three matches against the Dirty Dogs Ziggler beat him and Rude's got a dub against him what are you doing Bruce and what the heck are you doing I do not care for live events granted they essentially made yeah they dunked on the title again by putting it on Ziggler I thought it was going to be bring these uh, rookies up to speed nope we're just going to have Ziggler Ziggler do what Ziggler does best on Raw, and that's when the title change is going to happen on Raw. Because with Bruce and Vince in charge, they always had to bring like main roster people up to uh, to NXT 2.0, like down to 2.0. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. Because they realized the views are trash. Yeah, and they think like, oh, we got to have these names on here instead of instead of making stuff compelling. Well, stuff was compelling back in the day with storylines and characters and familiar names, bruh. 
let let's continue because this is gonna be the transitional and the unfortunate transitional point because Cameron Grimes is the new North American champion. He's got Solo Sokoa next week. It's a bit of a spoiler for later. If Roman's hurt, why is this match a thing when you can just have Solo go up to the main roster and be the singles proxy until Roman's clear if it's only gonna be like a month, month, month and a half? Because nobody would have beat Roman. And then you could have easily, for the proxy with Solo being the Usos brother, easily put Solo in this big push, somewhat give Ricochet as much airtime as you want, and then you build that inner title, IC title division around Solo, and that adds to the bloodline. That's what they should do. Not have a random title match. Granted, I do feel, and it's a lose-lose situation. You make Cameron Grimes with his entire story a transitional, or you put it on Solo and you stop everything I just said. Well, first off, I don't think should go uh, should go to the main roster yet. I think he should get his feet wet and as he first and win the title there before is, going to um, Roman's healthy. If the Whoa. Roman's healthy, I agree with you. If he's not, they got to do something to freshen up the bloodline instead of just Roman on the mic saying, acknowledge me, acknowledge me, acknowledge me. And if they just take the title off him over a dislocated shoulder after that spear into the Kamara, which was Roman's injury, we'll get to that in a little bit, a little while. But yeah. if they take the title off him, then what's that say about the roster for the last like three years? Even more than what Brock and Roman have done, even more damage. But yeah. Um... Um, but let me uh, touch on. Uh, uh, we got one more with. Oh, um, do you, yeah, there was someone else without the tag to... title match because that's going to be the uh, dark issue. Touch on stand stand and deliver without referencing the tag titles because that's going to be one the reason why we're bracketing this off and two the reason we are going into the multiverse stuff. Yeah, but uh, I want to finish uh, uh, my notes. I want to talk about stand and deliver. So um, we had to say goodbye to to, to Marshall. Champa, and we are we had an emotional um yeah, on stage where he was on stage with Triple H because um Tommaso Champa was the last heart and soul of the NSD black and gold and um and the latter match it was good but um it was oh it was too overshadowed with the manager with all the managers and, and the faction at ringside it was uh, they kind of overshadowed that match and um bro I knew they were gonna overshadow that because if you look at everybody that was in that match it it was set up to almost be a ladder lumberjack match. Yeah, Too many even jokes. though, yeah, even though, and Grayson Grace Waller took a took a nasty fall that that got him that shoulder injury in that match. Can I hop into the uh, tag title situation? And then, and then one more thing, um, because I because you touched on a lot of things that I want to get into, uh, want to mention as well. Being um, Joe Gacy, so you mean to tell me you have Gunther be a jobber to Joe Gacy? Like that is no, stupid. he jobbed Abraham Breaker on NFC just to set up mm-hmm. Joe Gacy. Yeah, that's what I mean. something from 2006 with uh Kane and uh Kane, Paul Bearer, and Edge. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that that don't make no sense. But um uh let's continue on. I honestly thought Gunther was gonna be the one to take the title off from Breaker. No, I don't think I honestly thought that before this before 2.0, I thought it was. But you brought up Grayson Waller. Good segue because he may just get handed one half of the NXT tag team titles after NX MSK won but over domestic violence accusations. Nash Carter, the former Zachary Wentz, got fired 
for allegedly beating his soon-to-be or possibly currently ex-wife Kimberly. And her eye looks worse than Bianca's after the match on from WrestleMania. And I'm like, oh boy. Whether it's a he say she say situation, whether it's what some people are saying, which is don't frame him, bruh. WWE's not even gonna entertain it for seconds and just can whatever happens. So I don't blame WWE for firing Nash Carter. However, that does mean a very interesting situation because they set up Grayson Waller and Veer's original tag partner going against MSK for the tag titles. Heck, they had the graphic before they fired Carter. So I thought they were going to have Carter and Lee drop them and then fire Carter next week, but no. And you think, and granted all this uh, domestic violence stuff with WWE and NXT right now, maybe IRL that started allegedly in impacts, but at least, but impacts not innocent. So they did a couple domestic violence angles in kayfabe recently. Because Moose kind of speared, going into the multiverse, Moose speared Josh Alexander's wife. And Josh Alexander, who's been like a man possessed since <clears throat> Moose, like said, forget them kids, I'm taking my title. Um, Forget your kids, I'm taking your title. At Bound for Glory, has been a man possessed. And now Moose is legit set, speared, and put his hands on Josh's wife after going physically to Josh's house and intimidating his family while signing the contract. So Scott Moore put in a mandate. If things got crazier, I don't know if the, I don't know if this was before or after the spear. He would consider stripping Moose of the world title if things got crazier. And Matt Cardona actually hit the former Rough Rider, now Radio Silence on Mickey James when it was the revelation of the Chelsea Green turn, which saw that coming. And granted, I granted I love Impact, but nah, didn't need for that to be a thing to set up what we're probably going to get at Rebellion, which will be Chelsea versus Mickey one-on-one. But what we will get, what we will get for the AAA Rena Dorianus title that will overshadow Tasha and Rosemary for the knockout title is a rivalry renewed between the champ champ Deanna Perrazzo and Taya Valkyrie because Taya popped up and this is part of the reason Deanna chose multiverse over Supercard of Honor was essentially to set up this match and you could easily and she got a promo on Mercedes which I felt bad for anybody that, for anybody that was there because I believe that was pre-taped but she got it who I don't even know what to say anymore outside of we'll be right back Uber Eats is known for having hot food online, but launching in April, groceries will be added within the app. By adding grocery and convenience stores, they can reach more people who don't want to go out or don't have time to shop. Uber Eats helps out the stores by giving them more visibility and a solid customer base. You can download the Uber Eats app, enter your address, and you will see numerous grocery stores and chains. For an added bonus, several stores have free delivery and discount codes on special items. Let's go shop! 
And like that, we're in the home stretch, y'all. Just a, just a little bit more. Bro, I know you had a lot to just think about and process. I didn't know that we were going to get into a lot of that. And now we're going into the probably the weakest of the bathroom break of wrestling shows for last week wrestlemania night two was definitely a bathroom night two was definitely a bathroom break depending on what you were interested in it was okay but was it less over than the oscars no why the heck were there no mid-card title matches ic has not been defended in a year and the u.s title has not been defended since Extreme Rules last year on pay-per-view. And yet, Ricochet was used as a plot device just to set up Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. And Pat McAfee was used as a plot, de- plot device. Oh yeah, they were both used as a plot device because he's 1-3 right now. Finn, he's 3-2 and two since winning the U.S. title with and already doing main event ma- matches on main event. So essentially, he's already doing under pretty much C shows at this point. Six celebs slash part-time appearances of course we got the Seth and Cody match which what I gotta watch back but I do believe that may be on my top 10 list which was stupid and it made like the entire Pat McAfee Austin Theory stuff that devolved into one of the worst stunners ever from Austin events was just said Madcap Moss is the 2022 Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner which to be honest means nothing like I'm sorry, but the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at this point means nothing. And there's been eight winners total since 2014. Guess how many are still with the company true though? None. No. Mad Cat Moss, Happy Corbin, and Jey Uso. That is it. And they've had it for the last eight years, but only three of them are still with the company. And this was a big deal when they started with Cesaro. Now it can't even get on the Mania pre-card, pre-show. Ugh, messed up. Bianca beat Becky, but Ronda lost. So that begs the question, do is Ronda and Becky, when it when it eventually happens, going to be a year too late? Because Ronda's stock has plummeted, and Becky's, depending on how she rebounds, it's plummeted. So, yeah, thoughts. Just on Bianca, Becky, and then Ronda Charlotte, which Ronda Charlotte may be one of the worst matches, because apparently Ronda found out she, she was not headlining over Stone Cold Steve Austin in Texas and got mad over that. Granted, they should not have booked Austin this whole time for a street fight if you wanted to keep like the prestige of the Rumble or right. change the stipulation to just say the winner gets title shots, not headline matches. That's sad, isn't it? I can go ahead. Just over what I've talked about, not okay. That that that's that's night two. That's night two. That's on that's another talk. But 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 for night but for night one, um, Logan Paul like, was night one, bro. Oh oh yeah, he was night one. But um, I feel like night one was better than uh was better than night two. Uh, just the way you look at it. But the only thing bad about night one was Charlotte and Ronda. And um, let me tell you something. I I can understand Ronda being mad about not being a main event, but Charlotte. Is the one who was the the one trying to politic her way into the main event. I was like, oh no, honey, you're not getting the main event. It's Stone Cold is gonna be headlining. She she thought she was slick at the time because originally it was supposed to be Becky versus Ronda. But Charlotte's like, oh, I want to be in the main event. But like, nope, I don't think so. So that's how that's how it is. And now um, do you think the stock in Becky and Ronda has crash landed? Because like, do you still want to see that match after they 
both a two devastating losses. Backing a blood feud and Ronda just showed up to get beat. Like they better, they better do this match uh, next year because if they don't, then it's not worth uh, waiting to the uh, uh, to see. Like it makes no sense at all. So um and um so is it even worth? Because exactly. I feel like it's gonna be. Three four years too late. Exactly, and um, I think, and also, I think we had like four injuries. Um, between, uh, don't say that. Say that because that's the universal title stuff. I'm gonna touch on in a minute. Not um, besides. Nah, that, one of them is the universal title situation that I got to touch on. So say that. Yeah, but uh, Rick Boogs got injured in the um in the SmackDown tag team title match. Ooh, uh, yeah, well, torn um, ACL, torn yeah. ACL and meniscus, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot what it was, but it was uh, in the leg, and he had to be carried out after the match. Um, Bianca Bayer with the black eye. With the Her black eye is swollen, man. You, yeah. Did you see that on uh, Raw? Oh, Her yeah. eye is swollen. Yeah. And then AJ Styles, when he was bleeding uh, on the side of his face, I don't know. That I was think. from he clipped himself on the stage. Yeah, it had to be, yeah. I don't know. It was from the stage or from the pyro. I don't know what, what happened there. And um, Kevin Owen, did he really got a bit? Uh, what is it? Wait, did he really had a back injury, or you was just selling that? Or was he? That was K. You know that was K. because especially when after all he went to full KO mode against Cody and tried to taunt using the Young Bucks. Granted, Kale has a history deeper with the Young Bucks than Cody. Yeah. And I guess I can touch on uh, night two so you can finish your, uh, the rest of these topics. Uh, I'm just going on the notes, uh, most of the notes I had. And oh. um, the end of days is no longer a protective finisher because Drew is the first person to kick out of it. Bro, why they, I knew the second I actually brought up the fact nobody kicked out the end of, end of days, the fact Happy Corbin had never lost, it was like Drew's going to kick out the end of days and beat Corbin. And you have to think, Corbin's been on the main roster for almost a decade. And he had his, nah, he's been on the main roster since 2016, almost seven years, six, seven years. Nobody's kicked out the end of days. And Corbin has said that in interviews, like that was the one thing he wanted, a finisher nobody's kicked out of. And then they put it in a storyline that Drew kicked out of it and beat him as a happy Corbin. Oh, WWE. Lol, WWE. Jesus Christ. And um, with Stone Cold. That's the whole reason we got this match, because Corbin had been allegedly undefeated since this rebranding, and nobody kicked out the end of the days. Bruh. Yeah. Makes and, sense. Uh, and then, um, well, with Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and now, he is now in the current record of the oldest wrestler to be uh, in, in the main event of WrestleMania. That uh, I was uh, about to say that Sean and Rick main event. Yeah, the um, the the last person who took that spot was the Undertaker, and now Stone Cold is. And not only that, he also joins with um Shawn Michaels, Brock Lesnar, um the Undertaker, and The Rock to main event a WrestleMania in three different decades. I still think because of the way they did it, it shouldn't happen. To be honest, I feel like they should have just given that spot to somebody on the active roster, not Austin. You know, I love Austin. I still feel it should have been given to somebody on the active roster. So I can understand Ronda's, Ronda Rousey's great. And um, why'd Logan Paul and The Miz beat Bray Mysterio and Dominic, which is baffling, just so Logan Paul can get beat up and then Veer can pick bones. That was dumb. Yeah. And then yeah. triple, and then Triple H officially retired in the ring and left his boots to open up night two, which 
I did not see that coming. Triple H showing up and doing his full entrance one last time in front of the live crowd and then saying, welcome to WrestleMania and thank you. Welcome to WrestleMania and left his boots in the ring. Which that to me is the curse of Sasha Banks finally was broken with help from her big sister. I love that double team finish that they have, it, which is pretty much a variation of FDR's big rig. But considering Sasha's been friends with FDR, it makes total sense because it's essentially a wheelbarrow into Cold Breaker instead of the uh, Irish whip overhead, overhead flat jet into the Cold Breaker, which is the uh, big rig. So I enjoyed it. I just wish they would have given them more of a spotlight and not just thrown Liv and Rhea and then Shayna and and Naomi. No, Shayna and Natalia. Them four should not have been in the match. It should have just been Naomi and Sasha, the former team back teammates, and Carmella and Zelina. That's who should have been the team. And then of course, Roman's the undisputed champion, undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I do not know how they're going to word that but it's whatever. And then Roman dislocated his shoulder, as I touched on a minute ago, from a counter that Brock did, a spear into a Kimura. And Roman dislocated his shoulder. And I'm like, oh no, because you could clearly audibly hear him say, it's out, it's out, it's out. Heyman's same character, but Roman was like, it's out, it's out, it's out, talking about his shoulder. And you clearly see a mouse growing on the back of his left shoulder, on the back of the shoulder Brock had which was crazy. So I'm just glad Roman is healthy, but man, that was crazy. Finish up Mania, and then we'll get to this uh, PlayStation Plus insanity. Okay, yeah. And my last note, uh, last couple of notes. And um, so that impromptu match with uh, with Vince, you know, that was his first match since Mania 26. Don't remind me of that match because Bret Hart and Vince was just an elongated squash match. Like, oh my God, that didn't make no sense at all. Like, and then um, when the Miz betrayed Logan Paul, who was the baby face there? Miz or Logan? When the crowd was cheering for the Miz, who was that's just you know everybody just wants to see logan paul get beat up that's why they were cheering because mm. nobody cared like the second like they castrated any semblance of credibility ray has and dominic should just be nxt going for the nxt title not on raw yeah and now edge is is forming what um how i can say a new version of a brood or someone calling it the wwe version of house of black according from this past monday brody king did you see the tweet yes i saw the tweet I'm like, bruh, as soon as he did that, I'm like, oh no. And that's not even the crazy tweet that AEW like put out there. I'm sorry to cut you off on this, but I showed you the uh, Young Bucks one, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I cried. Because the Young Bucks, you know how they always like update their their so Twitter bio like just randomly with just thoughts. And Cody put wrestling is a love story as a simple tweet. The Bucks responded, a story of a, the story of a couple self-made SoCal kids who came from nothing and built a gigantic movement was never going to be romantic enough for you. I'm like, bruh, talk about bitter. Jesus, right. That was that was just too funny. And um but that's not as bad as what uh, the meme that a uh, ringside news posted though. But the ringside news meme was uh, sad but true because you know the uh Squidward SpongeBob and Patrick meme. Squidward just overseeing SpongeBob and Patrick having 
having fun while being stuck inside. Probably 2022, we all know what he probably had. But Squidward was stuck in the form of Ricochet and Finn, whereas SpongeBob and Patrick were Logan Paul and Patman and Johnny Knoxville. That is sad. Oh my God. And I guess we could talk, since we touched on the only other debut on the Raw After Mania, which is sad, we might as well touch on touch on the rebranding that nobody asked for, except Vince and Bruce. Do you walk with Ezekiel, not Elias? Do you walk with Ezekiel? Oh, Elias is dead. They said that in the promos. They wasn't kidding about that. Elias but, is dead. But the fact he looks like something somebody would have created, something somebody would have created in 2K. No, right? uh, let me tell you something. He looked like a jacked up uh, muscle up um, stewy, uh, stew pickles from the from the rug rack. I'm done with you. <laughs> There's a meme about it, I swear. There's a meme about it, I swear. I doubt you. I doubt it. Bro, I gotta say you. I, I gotta say you that. I gotta say you that. Me. I gotta say you that. And before we get too crazy, let's move on to our last little bit in this gaming portion. So now we've got. So PlayStation Plus basically alluded to their new tier list, which is now a combo that they're gonna start up, which is essentially both PS Plus and PS Now under one PS Plus brand. But if you want just what you're paying for PlayStation Plus currently, no harm, no foul, $9.99 a month or $60 a year, no harm, no foul. If you want the PlayStation Plus Extra, which a back catalog of 400, basically the current PlayStation Plus with, which will include third party games, i.e. what Game Pass is for Xbox, is $14.99 or $100 a year. And the big one, Plus Premium, which will include PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and P games, and demos, 1, 2, 3, and demos, for $17.99 a month or $120 a year, which, and get this right now, PlayStation Plus currently, $9.99 a month. PlayStation Now currently is about $9.99 a month. So you combine them and and my brother and I being PlayStation consumers, we were talking about that. And he pretty much, he basically chalked it down to elitism, which I kind of agree with, which was kind of stupid. Thoughts on the PlayStation Plus rebranding to almost look like Game Pass. Mm. I gotta say, um, is it really worth it uh, of, of getting? That's the question. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I know that was a lot of info thrown at you guys. We're back. And next week, back to regularly scheduled programming. Till then, two fingers. We out, y'all.